Welcome into a special edition of NBA Sound System coming at you live from the United Center minutes after the conclusion of the 2020 NBA All-Star Game. A riveting final few moments as the new format lends itself to drama at the end. Kawhi Leonard takes home his first career All-Star Game MVP. Here to break it down with, with us all here, I'm Mike Adams alongside Gil McGregor, Alex Novick, and our friend visiting from Argentina, Leandro Fernandez. Leandro, how are you, buddy? I'm fine, and this is a pleasure for me. Your fir- not your first All-Star game, but your first All-Star game potting with us afterwards. That's that's the pleasure. I mean, uh, it's not the format. It's it's being here, <laughs> really. All right, so let's just get right into it. What's What are your guys' biggest, your, your first, the, the thoughts on just the new format, uh, how it lent itself to uh, what we saw down the stretch here at the end? I love it. I love it. I think that um, it was... I won't say a slow burn. I think we kind of all were anticipating it being a, a good finish, but we didn't know exactly how it was going to unfold. So the first three quarters, we weren't like waiting for them to go by, but really were anticipating that fourth quarter. And I think it definitely lived up to it. You saw uh, that competitive nature that we always want to see in all-star games, that uh, edge that you saw on the defensive end especially. Um, I, I think that that's what made it huge. And, and kind of being in the environment and the way people were reacting, uh, the crowd and, and everybody who was just kind of into it, even the media, the press, we were into it as well just to kind of to see how it was going to unfold. So I, I'm a big fan of it. Did we just fix the All-Star game? And by we, I mean Chris Paul, who had the great idea, brought it to Adam Silver, they put it in. Is the All-Star game fixed? Well, you know, personally, I, I would say it wasn't that broken, but I do think we rejuvenated it. We rejuvenated the All-Star game. I think it, it drew people who might have been waning. It drew them back in. I think a lot of basketball people who just are, are fans of having all the biggest stars on the floor at the same time were always going to tune into the, the All-Star game regardless. But I think now it gives us a new thing to really want to see from it. And I think that now it's kind of a rejuvenated aspect. And now I think it, this this format should be here to stay for the All-Star I'm game. Gonna, I'm going to say you're sitting there, and as you're saying, I don't think it was really broken. Alex, you had a big smile upon your face. So I take it that you do not believe that the All-Star game was not broken did they fix it that was a lot of negatives that you just said i i (laughs) i do believe that it was broken it was it was broken a couple years ago uh it was it had a brief rejuvenation the first year of the draft and uh team lebron won on a i think a last second defensive stop where they gobbled up was it DeRozan maybe and uh that was fun that had some life but then last year it went right back to just being a layup drill or, or a dunk drill and you saw people just looking at their phones the whole second half of the game in Charlotte, uh, and this. But this was this was hype. I mean, it, it actually started out kind of the same. The first two quarters were were a little bit like it was last year, and uh, maybe they were just trying to set it up so that each team won a quarter, and then the third quarter was tied. It, you really couldn't have scripted it any better than, than how it went. And then uh, the last the last quarter was legit. Guys were going at it, diving on the ground, drawing charges, playing serious D, and that's what everyone has wanted for so long. The best athletes, the best players in the whole world, playing at the top of their game, and it was it was fun. Everyone, it was riveting. Everyone was was glued to the floor. What what I thought was so awesome about the fourth quarter in particular is that this is the one time where all the best players in the world are on the floor at the one same exact moment, and you saw. A little bit of everything from each of those guys. You had James Harden hitting a step back three. You had Giannis with the ridiculous block on LeBron. You had Kyle Lowry out there drawing charges. You had LeBron throwing great passes. You had Chris Paul making heady plays. It was like everything you could possibly want. The best traits 
of each of the best all-stars out there coming to life. Kawhi doing all sorts of Kawhi things. He had two steals, hit the big the big fall, fall away 18-footer uh, 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 to, to give his team to, to tie it up late, and they would go on to win it. Leandro, um, I don't know, is, is that the most competitive non-finals game that you've seen? Absolutely. I mean, it was a playoff game. It was really a playoff game. And we also had Chris Paul complaining to the refs of, because of calls. I mean, it was fantastic. We, we really enjoyed it. I mean, and, and we were like fans out there. I mean, everybody was standing during the final, like, 15 possessions. Uh, I think it has everything. I don't know why someone is smiling over there, but uh, I think it's it, it was really awesome. I mean, it, it has everything that we really needed. I, I, I'm not sure if it was super broken, uh, as you guys said, but... Now it's fixed, probably. Okay. Micah just said the most competitive <laughs> non-finals game yeah, he's ever it. seen. Okay. Maybe the fourth quarter. The fourth the quarter was competitive. Well, I would even say, I would even say there, was more, there was more strategy at the end of the third quarter than there's been at the end of any All-Star game. We had... Uh, we had fa- we had situational fouling. We had whether to yeah. whether to foul up three. Do we let them? I mean, there were there were timeouts called. We're drawing up plays. Like the end of the third quarter foreshadowed all the greatness. TNT ran a great a great graphic during the during the broadcast. That was there were forty nine dunks through the first three quarters. Only one in the fourth quarter. There were more charges in the fourth quarter than dunks, which is the last thing you would ever expect to see in an All Star game. Love that, and that was cool at the end of the third. I think that's something that no one really even when thinking about this format expected is is the fouling at the end just like treating it as if it was the end of a regular game i mean if you really thought about it you could have seen it coming but it was it was interesting to see it play out where i think there were like three or four fouls at the end to try to I forget which team was trying to get back in it, but it it uh, it, it made it, it, it It doesn't even <laughs> it doesn't matter. Even matter. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. The fact we're hundred hundred G's on the line. It rolled over to a crazy fourth quarter. What's the the lasting impression of this All Star game that you guys will will leave Chicago here with? I mean, I think the the format itself. I think we saw something groundbreaking. We saw the first of many. I think everybody, like I said, I think it's here to stay. And I think that once we continue to see exciting finishes to All Star games, because the best part about it is regardless of who wins, if you win by 10 or if you win by two, it's going to end on a game winner or a game winning free throw as we saw tonight, but it's going to end on a game winner. And I think that when we continue to see that that flashback to, oh, remember the first time they did this in Chicago 2020? I think that that's going to be the lasting memory of me for this All-Star game that I was on hand and I, I was able to see uh, the first of something that's probably groundbreaking. And we could see it adopted in other exhibitions like this whether it's the 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 friday night game with with the rookies and and maybe elsewhere in other basketball leagues so i I think we saw the first of something that's really really and and kudos to chris paul again who was pushing for this from from the the basketball tournament tbt that that they did this as excitement to the end of games yeah yeah i agree i do uh i know beggars can't be choosers and i don't want to nitpick too much but they got to change the rule at the end where where fouls can't lead to foul shots well well you hear somebody asked lebron about this in the post-game press conference and he said that you know in in pickup games right there's crazy fouling at the end so what what's the answer then how do you fix it yeah i mean maybe there's a bonus like you can't after four fouls there's a foul shot or or something i mean or or the refs just you don't like you don't like it ending with Anthony Davis hitting free throws. I mean, you to be honest, not to be too negative, but they that stole a very a potentially very valuable piece of video that would be circulating forever. The the game winning shot on the first time of this new format, and now we don't have now we have a free throw. 
and thought Klimak to free throw. So that that was, I mean, as awesome as it was, everyone was hyped. That was kind of a. Uh, I, don't I know. thought I thought LeBron when he pulled up from like thirty feet. That would have been sweet. Up, with needing three points to hit the target 157, I thought he was going to bury it. I, I did. That would have been an all-timer moment. Uh, you know, you mentioned what LeBron said about it. Kawhi, in, in a very Kawhi fashion, just says, oh, yeah, I mean, it's a free throw. You want to take want to take points away? He said, if, if you take free throws away, you take everybody's points away from the, like, the end of the game. So I, I do think that there's definitely something interesting, a, a way to go about doing it or figuring it out. Um, it is a little anticlimactic to see it end with a free throw. But, again, teams can strategize against that too so there's going to be a workaround maybe we'll figure that out and maybe that's now the tinkering to perfect this format we know that it works now it's like how can we perfect it and maybe that's something that takes another few all-star games but i think that this is a great start landry what about you what's uh, the lasting impression of the 2020 all-star game are we sure that this will work in the future or this no, is absolutely only not. just one-time exception I, I hope it's not a one-time exception. I mean, it might Look, be a legit Here's the thing. Ed, there's not every single year it's not going to deliver, right? But yeah. no game always – there are finals games that are terrible, yeah. right? Like you can't you can't predict a close game down to the, to the wire every single time. But at least this gives you at least something to have guys breaking a sweat. Try, I mean, there were, LeBron and James Harden were literally in the face of the ref yelling, arguing cause down the stretch of an all-star game. That you will ne- you've nobody has ever seen that in an all-star game. Before. Was there a ref bump? Did, did, there did might I have been a little bit bump? of a ref bump. I, th- I thought someone got in there, but continue, Leandro. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I'm all in on this format. I mean, but that that was just a question that I mean, I, re- I re- from this start, I really want that this might be always the same. So, I mean, I, and it, and it could be because it's a game winner. What you need on the final. Yeah. So, I like to read way too far into things. Is there anything to take away from the fact that Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul were on the floor at the end instead of Trey Young and, and Luka Doncic? Because I, for one, am of the belief that Trey Young just became the first guy ever to get benched down the stretch of an All-Star game because he can't play defense. I mean, there's probably something a little bit take take away from it. Um, probably a little bit of something? Come li- on, you know, now. You know, but I think I think just as much as we detract from Trey and maybe even Luke on that, it's credit, credit to Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry. These are guys who've been in the league for over a dozen years. Um, these are guys who are who, who are known for doing the little things, regardless of if it's you know uh, a practice scrimmage or Game Seven of the of the second round of the playoffs or the All Star game. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it because you like you said, you see Kyle Lowry out there taking charges. You see Chris Paul yelling at his teammates, yelling at the refs or whatever. Super, super, super competitive guys. And not to say that Luca and Trey aren't, but I think that that's the exact fire that that kind of invigorated this final thing. So that that's my takeaway from those guys and being on the floor. This is Chris Paul baby. So there was no way that he wouldn't be standing on the court at the end of the game. Chris so. Paul can't be out there and Kyle Lowry, his brother. And I, I think those those guys are sort of like uh, Thunder Buddies, if you will. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the 2020 All-Star Game, we end with this new format, crazy ending, lots of defense, lots of hustle, uh, lots of sweat, blood, tears. That comes on the heels of an All-Star Saturday night in which Aaron Gordon, dare I say robbed? Was he robbed? I won't say robbed. It's, you won't it, say robbed. I won't, I won't say robbed. <laughs> I think that um, it, it's it's crazy to, to the way it was. I personally think that the his second to last dunk shouldn't have been a fifty. He did something that we saw Derek Jones Jr. do twice, 
better. I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to get his arm in the rim. He didn't. He jumped over Chance the Rapper. He went between the legs. We saw Derek Jones jump over two people and go between the legs. So I think that that 50 was generous. We shouldn't even have been there in the, la the, the last place. But I do see his argument for the cumulative score, five straight 50s, and you end up losing on, on your first dunk that's not a 50. That's a tough break, and especially because it's happened earlier in his career. Um, but I'm not going to say he got robbed just so, because he did so what Derek Jones So you're in did. the camp – of the guy that just had the most 50-point dunks in any single dunk contest in NBA history was right in not winning the dunk contest. Because the second to last one shouldn't have been a 50. That, that shouldn't have been a 50. That's, that's, that, that's where I stand right there. I mean, 450s is tough, and I, and I get, again, he said, we're, pay, we're here to do four dunks. My cumulative was a 200. I get that aspect of it. So from that perspective, yes. But from the perspective of you got to keep going because Derrick Jones Jr. had 250s in the second round, that – that first dunk shouldn't have been a 50. I do think it's crazy. So he has five 50-point dunks tied with Zach Levine in 2016 for the most ever. Zach Levine, of course, who beat Aaron Gordon. Mm -hmm. And then Derrick Jones Jr. had four, uh, four 50-pointers, the, uh, the second most ever. Beyond the dunk contest, what will you guys remember from all, the All-Star Saturday night? Man, you had me uh, all ready to talk about how the dunk contest needs to change. Well, let's <laughs> talk about it then. What needs to change? Get rid of the non-athlete judges. Call, I need names. I need specifics. I, you, you're the holding two, grudges two, inside of you now. The two judges that weren't athletes, they can't be there to judge athletic feats. They don't. They, I, I can't imagine that Common has evaluated what it takes to do a through the legs 360 windmill compared to jumping over tackle fall. Like it's just you have to be a player to to know the different tiers and the and the degree of difficulty, and it just. I know it's not; it doesn't really mean anything, but it does mean anything because we're talking about it. Gil just gave him incredible analysis of it as if it was a real thing, and yet we have non-athlete judges. So if they want it to be legit, get some, fill the panel with former dunkers, and I'll stop complaining about something that really doesn't matter at all. I, okay, if we're going to throw Common <laughs> under the bus, at least also throw Chadwick Boseman under the bus, the I'm other non-NBA. I couldn't remember his name, so I didn't even go there. Scotty Pippen, Dwayne Wade, Candace Parker rounding out the five uh, the five judges. So do we do we still stay, stick with the 1 to 50? Now, my personal idea, I think you have the odd number of judges. Forget the whether it's a 50, a 49, a 48. Just say... Who was better, right? It's either a queen. It's, there's no way of tying, right? We're not we're not catching up on was it a 50? Was it a 49? Was Dwayne Wade supposed to be in on it? So now Aaron Gordon gets a 47 instead of a 48. Just tell me who was the better dunker. Yes, the, I think like maybe and it's you know you kind of you're risking creativity thing, but maybe it's like a, a a standard dunk that everybody has to do, and who does it better, who who does it cleaner, who executes it better. Maybe that's like a first thing. So now you're not worried about oh yeah, fifty, but like all four guys do these two dunks to open. Who does that best? Now you go in the next round and you do like your three or four dunks, and that's out of one through fifty. Because maybe it's, it's a there's a greater chance that you don't get four fifties in that second round if you all are like okay, let's see everybody do a three sixty windmill or whatever. Because these guys are in the dunk contest, they all should probably be able to do that. But I don't know. That might be. Um, trying something that might be do too much. Uh, didn't they do that with the, the year that John Wall won? Wasn't the format where there was a certain dunk that they had to do? Dude, I was going. I was going through this list earlier. Putting, I, I am the nerdiest NBA Sound System member of all of us. I was making over breakfast a database of the fifty-point dunks. So I'm sitting there going wow. through the format of all the years. The John Wall weird. The, the John Wall year was crazy. They were at like teams. That was a weird team year, right? The yeah. team year, and there's some 
it's just, there's that one was that was we're not going to go back to that. Uh, we're not even going to go close to that. Leandro, what are your thoughts on the dunk contest? Looking back to that, I think that we we need to talk about that one of the most controversial controversial points uh, throughout the night. It was from an athlete. Uh, it, it was not from a non-athlete judges. What it was an athlete. The most the most controversial point. I mean, who was the most controversial? Call him out. Uh, name name. Dwayne Wade. He gave an eight to one of the dunks that was probably one of the best ones, and he gave a nine on the last one. I mean, there were three with a nine, but. Common said afterwards that it was supposed to be a tie. I think they had an agreement looking, and and you saw there's a freeze frame out there when they when they revealed the scores. He's Everyone's kind of like he's laughing. looking at Dwayne Wade. Yeah. He's sitting there laughing. You know what? I I feel bad for Aaron Gordon though, man. Yeah, I mean you should feel bad, but at the same time, uh, if we say that he was robbed, uh, we are say we are being bad with Derrick Jones that he really do fantastic things there. So. I think that Derrick Jones Jr. probably had maybe the fifth best dunk performance contest ever. It just happened to not be as good as the guy that finished second in his own dunk contest. Uh, beyond the dunk contest, looking at the other competitions from All-Star Saturday Night, three-point contest, Buddy Heald taking it down, and then Bam Adebayo winning the Skills Challenge. Anything else sort of that, that you guys will remember from this All-Star or, or the Rising Stars game on Friday? Um. Well, first in the Rising Stars game, Miles Bridges' uh, tweet at halftime uh, is definitely going to go down in uh, social media NBA history. Um, but I think the, the Bam Adebayo win, the skills challenge, just, again, is another testament to how far the game is going. Uh, this is a guy who is a big man in the truest sense of the form, but he has the skills to do a little bit of everything, goes out there and wins the skills challenge, defeats some pretty skilled uh, perimeter players. Um, and, again, that, that speaks more also about, about his future in Miami and what he, he stands to be for the Heat franchise uh, later on in down the line. It's funny because he doesn't take – three-point shots on, on on the real game so right. it's funny that he won that right i'm gonna uh be the, continue this theme of of complaining about the uh, format in these in these <laughs> events the skills competition is the all it is is a three-point contest the whole the whole part where they go down the court and then come back is pointless because it's just a matter of who hits the first three there's no way that a guy could even get off two shots before another guy gets off his first so might as well just stick the guys at the three-point line and, and see who hits the three the fastest. So They need to go back with the timing thing. They, they did it with time, and the, the one that they did with the last time, it, it was the one the guy that won. So that's that's maybe the fix. I want behind-the-back passes. I want, like, entry passes going through hula hoops. I want actual crazy – I want to see guys being as skillful as possible. You see the, the, the NBA logos that they're, like, weaving between? They're, they're in a straight line. They're not even, like – can we make guys at least like go right and left through cones? What are we doing here? Why don't we change that for the one-on-one -on -one competition? All right. Speaking of changes, next year's All-Star Game in Indianapolis. Two years from now, the big 75th anniversary in Cleveland, the same city that hosted uh, the 50th anniversary in which we had the 50 greatest players revealed. So this year, the lasting, I think, legacy of the 2020 All-Star Game will be about the innovation of the game itself. What changes moving forward would you guys like to see over the next, you know, two years in Indy and Cleveland to really continue pushing uh, the threshold of what we can do here at All-Star Weekend? I think this is a question best suited for Alex because I don't think there was much he liked <laughs> from this weekend. So He so wants I'll, to tear it all down. I'll, just, yeah, let, let, I'll let you take the floor. Gil, some uh, guys just want to watch the world burn, man. Don't do me like that, Gil. <laughs> I, I, I have high standards. I'm sorry. But 
it, it was a really fun weekend, so I really don't want to take away from that. There are a couple of things I think that could help the All-Star game. Micah, you and I have, have talked about this. This, is, this format's a big step, but one thing is what we saw them do in India, going back to the India preseason game, the legendary Pacers-Kings India preseason game in Mumbai, where they divided the fans in half, one, one half rooted for the Pacers, the other half rooted for the Kings. So the fans were really invested and cheering at the top of their lungs for every every basket if they somehow could divide the all-stars fans in half and incentivize them somehow is like if you win your your tickets good for a uh free like sandwich or maybe even something better so then they're actually rooting that was the one thing that was missing tonight actually like the fans were hyped they were into it but no one was really rooting for one side so you didn't hear there there was like a there was something kind of missing as far as the the vibe and the murmur that you normally would hear from like a home crowd. So I think that might help help it a little bit. And I think we, we saw a little bit of it, like a, a really small amount at the at that that third quarter, right? Because they had the the two charities, the team LeBron, Team Giannis, they were sitting uh, sort of partitioned into two groups beneath one of the baskets. So as that third quarter they're tied. Though those parts of those crowds were losing their mind. Now imagine instead of it being 200 people, it's 20,000 people. Uh, but yeah, w- when we were there in India, people were going crazy. There were competing chants of p- go Pacers, go Kings against each other. To get that in an All-Star game uh, would be pretty fabulous. Leandro, when you come back from Buenos Aires next year and we're sitting around here potting after the 2021 All-Star game in Indianapolis, uh, what what will be the biggest change that you will that you were happy that they made? I'm all in on the one-on-one competition. I mean, I would really like it, and with big names, not just random. So names. who's in it? I don't know. Is, I, is it an eight-person team? Is it a four? Is it sixteen? And we we got pool play. Like, what do, what are we doing here? What's it look like? It could be an eight team, and and, and no, no no I I won't put teams. I mean, this is just competition individual. So let's put the biggest names. That, that we can get. I mean, it's obvious that probably LeBron won't make it, Giannis won't make it, but let's put like like a, the Jimmy Butler kind of players, the the the, the toughest, the, the the ones that really take it. For you, I want ten million dollars on the line. <laughs> get somebody to sponsor that. Wow. Amazon, Amazon, where are you at? Okay, I think that could work. I think that could work. It, it is to your point. The type of players are going to matter. Like Jimmy Butler is definitely a guy. Like, yeah, let, we're n- we're not bringing Carl Anthony Towns in here for this one-on-one <laughs> contest. Well, we're not, <laughs> why? We're not bringing him in for the All Star game either because this team is too terrible. So yeah. Do you want to say which one is not gonna make it? Man, I I, I don't want to be too negative here and start start hating on other players, <laughs> but I I do think you need the com- you need the Chris Paul, you need Kyle Lowry, you need those competitive we guys. Need Westbrook, that are, I mean. Westbrook, yeah, the guys that are really gonna have pride in in winning and and care and then it could be it could be a lot of fun yeah what about you um i'm taking it all the way back to friday the the rising stars game i think we need to do something um you know we talked about it a long time ago it used to be rookies versus rookies east versus west and it used to be rookies versus sophomores sometimes the team world versus team usa format means some guys are a lot of guys going to get snubbed they're going to be guys on one end that don't necessarily seem as deserving as some guys who got snubbed um so i think there should be a way maybe it's the guys who are slated to be in that and the all-star game are exempt from it so you bring other guys in you know matisse thibel um terrence davis out in toronto those are guys who are very 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 deserving of, of shots to play in that game they've been outstanding rookies this year for winning teams 
Were and, you uh, out on a 29-year-old Nicola Melli getting into the Rising not Stars a, not Not a big fan of seeing a 29-year-old Nicola Melli. And maybe, maybe put an age limit on that, too. I mean, a few years ago, like, I love Bogdan Bogdanovich, but he's like 25 years old out here playing with a bunch of 18, 19-year-olds and, and wins MVP. So I think that maybe we should do something to get some more deserving guys. Because I think you see guys like a Terrence Davis who's averaging like eight points a game, but his team's second in the Eastern Conference. In a lot of ways, that's more respectable than, you know, averaging 20 points per game and your team is, you know, second to last in the Eastern Conference. Not calling any names out. But um, I think that it definitely is, is something that needs to be navigated a little bit better to uh, get some more deserving guys in there for sure. One thing that I, I would like to see, and, you know, we, we started it with the draft and it's televised and, and all that's fun. I think that they should flirt with the idea of doing the schoolyard draft on the floor with the Rising Stars game or the rookie game next year to see what that looks like. Let it be a and test we, run. Let it be a test run for, for the big boy game on, on Sunday night. And if it works, great. Like we, we saw the innovation with the uh, the basketball tournament, the TBT, right? With, with And that's the, the rule that they implemented in this year. And look how that turned out. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was amazing. I would love to see them use the Rising Stars game as an opportunity to test things out for the actual All-Star game itself. For sure. For sure. Definitely. I think I think that would uh, add a little bit of um, excitement to it, too. Get the reversible jerseys out and make it, make it feel uh, very, very All-Star playground-like. Uh, I'm going to put each of you guys on the spot as we turn the page forward here from the All-Star game. The regular season get gets back underway only about two more months until the playoffs. Give me one bold prediction for the second half of the regular season that nobody sees coming. All right. I mean, I already said this uh, earlier today, but uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to win a playoff series. Who are they beating? Either the Nuggets or the Rockets. I think they'll <laughs> they'll probably finish at the five or six even all said and done. And uh, I could see them. I'm pretty sure that they would take out the Nuggets. The Rockets would be a, a little bit uh, more of a challenge because Rockets actually have some experience. But Chris Paul is not going down in the first round this year. All right, Chris Paul winning a playoff series, Leandro. Uh, you're going to be hard pressed to come up with something a little hotter than that. Uh, you can do it though. I believe it's not like a hundred degrees in Buenos Aires right now. Yeah. I need you to go up, come 101 degrees. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers won't make it to the second round. They're out one and done. Yep. Is it going to be like, like seven games gripping or they just get like their, the doors blown off. Is this like six a, like, max, six max. Wow. Yeah. What, why you asked me for something hot. So why, why, What's the biggest reason for that happening? Are because you saying that Joel Embiid and – is this the last 25-game stretch that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons play together as teammates? Uh, well, probably they should. I mean, if, I, if I'm Elton Brand, I, there is multiple reasons why you should trade at least one of them. I'm not going to say if it's Embiid or Simmons, but they don't match that. They, they don't fit, so right. you just need to make a change, and the, the playoffs will be the – trigger here through, because through two bold predictions we have a team slated to win 31 games preseason winning a playoff series and then we have the presumptive eastern conference finals favorite losing in the first round gill we've had 100 degrees we've had 101 degrees take it to 102 i don't know i don't know if i can do that um it is it's, it's cold it, as Chicago. I'm, still, I'm still stuck on the negative eight we were feeling on, on friday um i'm gonna go with a hot streak and say that you know we talked a lot about the Grizzlies. We talked a lot about the Pelicans, but there's one team who has the longest professional, longest playoff streak in professional sports. That's the San Antonio Spurs. Nobody's talking about them a lot. I think everybody thinks this is the year. They're taking the eight seat. 
give them give them the AC. They're gonna they're gonna get get back in there. I think um, pretty much my entire lifetime they've been in, in the in the playoffs, save for like the one year that. Man, you're making me feel <laughs> <old>. <laughs> Save for the one year David Robinson got hurt, and uh, that's all I really know. I've seen that for the last like 23 years of my life, so it ain't that hot. But you know what? I'm giving the Spurs in the playoffs. Demar Derozan's gonna get back to that that streak he was on uh, earlier in the year, and he's gonna he's gonna make it happen. I don't know, man. That's pretty hot because everything I hear, I hear Memphis, I hear New Orleans, I hear a little bit of Portland. I'm gonna I'm gonna go also with the eight seed. I'm gonna I think the Pelicans are gonna catch the Grizzlies, but then I'm gonna take a step further. So. The playoffs start on April 18th. Oh boy! Okay, here we go. Depending on depending on when this series opens, either April 18th or April 19th, the day after, right? The presses in Los Angeles are going to be hot because <laughs> the Lakers are going to be down 1-0 to the New Orleans Pelicans because Zion Williamson Ooh. will be unstoppable and he's going to give it to LeBron and AD, and then they're going to lose in five because you know they'll figure it of out. Of course, of course, of course. All right, well, that's all we got here. That's a wrap from Chicago, the 2020 All-Star Game. Kawhi Leonard proving tonight, just like he did in the finals, that he's the best player in the world, whether or not that's true. We'll see. For Gil McGregor, for Alex Novick, for our big boy here visiting from Buenos Aires, Argentina, Leandro Fernandez, I'm Mike Adams. Thanks for tuning in to NBA Sound System. Keep it locked right here. We'll be with you all season long. (laughs) 